This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm a life and self-leadership coach for authentic and ambitious small business owners and professionals. I show up here in your ears as a transparent leader doing the same inner and outer work that you are. I'm here to remind you that you're probably a gardener and not a machine and that soft, sustainable and soulful success is actually available to you on your own terms. Emotional presence and wellness are also available to you as someone who juggles both an amazing business and a beautiful life. I'm here to remind you that more is not better, better is better. It's a great moment to record episode number 173 of the Better Life, Better Work show. And today's podcast video cast is why I shifted full on in IFS coaching, episode number 173. And this morning, I was sharing some stories in my writey, write, 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 writer time, um, working little bit by little bit on that book. And it something else clicked in. <laughs> I feel like my life is a, a series of clicking ins. And this morning, when I, so I, I, I know that audio people can't see this. My coach slash therapist, leadership coach, who took her work from the therapy office to the leadership room, um, introduced me to IFS by giving me a handful of books. And the first one I read was this little nondescript. There's a bunch more more popular books, but this one is Introduction to the Internal Family Systems Model by Richard Swartz. And I have been in personal development since I was in my teens and I've been in coaching. I've been professionally coaching for 16 plus years, excuse me, and I've been self-employed and in personal development like professionally for 18 years. And so much of what is drilled into us, and this came up yesterday with my clients in a group setting, so much of what is drilled into us whether intentional or not, is obviously coaching is a results-based business, right? Like coaching was born out of the need to focus on results, different from therapy, going back and healing things. And so naturally, coaching is um, results and productivity and all these end results. And Early on in my coaching, I realized before I had a language or a framework, I realized in working with other productivity coaches and other performance sales coaches, the the sales coaches who had the combination of the best performance and the best emotional life as well were the ones who we did deep inner work on the calls. And so very quickly um, after the first four years in performance coaching, I I definitely brought into this deep inner work. But in my own life, I had wrestled with depression. I had wrestled with anxiety. I still sometimes wrestle, wrestle with the addiction to the hustle and um, I dare say workaholism. I mean, there's a fine line for me because work is so joyful. And I, anyway, um, 
And I remember in the mid 2000s, really, there's Leroy snoring. I, I remember in the mid 2000s, really diving into the shift of, you know, trying to source the divine within me. Like, and when I say divine, I tell my clients, the God in you, not the God outside of you. And I would call it your sacred self. And when Rebecca gave me this book, Introduction to the Internal Family Systems Model, she gave me a couple of them, but this is the one I picked up first. I realized that IFS in a coaching context isn't about how it's different from traditional coaching. Is it, is it about healing or fixing? It's about getting results through integrated and updated relationships. And this morning when I was writing and describing kind of in clinical terms, this, this shift that I had around self connection and self centeredness, I, I noticed that distinction as I contemplated what was different in the past and what was different in the past and what I saw yesterday with my business clients on a business call was they're trying to eliminate fear, trying to eliminate anxiety, trying to eliminate um, fear of visibility, trying to eliminate conflict, conflict, right? Instead of learning how to lead these parts through not task, not a hack, not a bypass. And I can see the, I call the conditioning, I call the world, the way, the way the world created us, the way the world created us and the way that crappy capitalism creates us is through task, 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 task. And even sometimes in the spiritual world, we task, 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 like the task of enlightenment, (laughs) It just makes me giggle now. And that was the distinction for me, why this framework and this model works for me, because what it does is it provides my internal family. So in coaching, we hear about the inner critic, the inner procrastinator, the inner cheerleader, you know, all these personas. And this takes it a step further. And instead of trying to control or eliminate these personas, we work to integrate them. We we realize that the behavior of one affects the behavior of all. But it's really not so much about task. It's about relationships. And then comes this vision of second grade Allison, who went to a private Baptist school that my grandparents paid for. And... There was a lot of religion taught in this school, and my mom and dad had raised me what I'm going to call loving Christian, that it was about love. And I remember my dad even saying on the way to kindergarten one day, sitting in the back of a like a mustard yellow Chevrolet in 1975, (laughs) I I guess that would have been three, so 1977. Um, going at the time to Cassis Elementary in Austin, Texas. And I, I'm very, like, I can see where we were on the street. And I remember being in the back seat, and my father would pray with us and he, he would teach us the Our Father. And 
But I remember my dad saying, now, when you all get older, you get to decide. It's all about the relationship in your heart. And I don't think he used the word dogma, but the adult in me realizes what he was trying to do was protect me from the wounds of dogma that had hurt him and my mom. And so, I don't know, I just always had this knowing as a little kid. I had this little knowing. And when I started going to a religious school, there were so many more rules involved instead of relationship. There was It was all about the task. And it's very possible I was taught love, but what I, was remem- what I remembered from school when I was little was the fear of eternal damnation and judgment. And that conflicted with what I had understood about relationship with Jesus or with God. And I just... I remember being shown the Left Behind movies as a child, and and it tapped into all my own personal inner fears of, quote, being left and being abandoned and being insignificant or being a bad girl, right? So, many of my clients are um, recovering people pleasers. We Like, we used performance and people pleasing to cope as children, and now that shows up as behavior um, in adults in our lives and our business. And I remember just constantly going to hell. They're going to hell. If you haven't been baptized, you're going to hell. And I hadn't been baptized. I didn't get baptized until it doesn't even really matter, but I was baptized as a young adult. Right. And I, as a second grader, I had, I just had this knowing about this innate relationship inside of me. And so I remember now I'm not very shy now, but please know I was a very shy little girl. And, um, definitely still introverted and not one for throwing myself up on stage like I do now. And there was a man named Bob Ed Shotwell. (laughs) Now, remember, this is the second grader's opinion of him. I have no idea what he was like, but he was big and tall and old and scary to me. He wore a three-piece gray suit all the time. And for me, Bob Ed Shotwell... This is, I don't know, I don't want to accuse him of being a certain way, but this is the way I experienced him as a little kid. I was terrified of him. He represented all the judgment I feared as a little child, all the cognitive dissonance that didn't make sense about relationship and this, like, there's this right way to get to heaven. Sin, 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 sin. And I remember feeling compelled as a second grader. (laughs) I had a lot of compellations in second grade. I remember being compelled. And and interestingly, I guess it was third grade because third grade was the first year I was at this school. Second grade, I was in a different school. So I'm sorry, it must have been third grade now that I see it. But in second and third grade, for some reason, I got in trouble a lot when I started going to private school that I never had got, got in public school. And Something didn't reconcile with me. And so I convinced myself all by, I don't remember talking to my mom and dad about this. I don't remember talking to parents, but I was like, somebody has to tell the other children in this school. And we would have every uh, Thursday, I think it was, we would have K through eight morning chapel. (laughs) And I think the high school, we were all in one building and the high school had their chapel. Maybe they had it at the same time. I don't know. They they might have had it at a different time because we had children's chapel every single Thursday. And a student got to lead the prayer. And I was like, oh, maybe that's where I can, 
I can ask Mr. Shotwell, the youth minister who terrified me, to say the prayer. And I will covertly, but openly, so passively, aggressively say, this school is wrong. You're not going to hell. But I wasn't going to be disruptive like that. And so I remember um, getting the permission. And then I remember going home after school into my little green and pink and yellow and orange um, green shag carpet room full of flowers. And I remember sitting down at my yellow desk and pulling out a pen or a pencil and lined paper and and writing this prayer and wanting to get it so right from my heart. It wasn't a head. It was like my heart as this little third grade girl, now that I've corrected that, as this little third grade girl wanted my schoolmates to know that it was about relationship and not about doing it right or wrong. And that nothing if, if we focused, I remember the prayer was something like, may we all remember that it's not what we do or don't do. It's the relationship we have with God, ourselves, and others. <laughs> I just remember the relationship with God, ourselves, and others. And the day that, not the day, but the season that I found internal family systems and realized it wasn't just for therapy. <clears throat> And I have knowings and inklings, <clears throat> excuse me, of this <clears throat> throughout my life. And I also have innate fear of it. Like, I love relationships and they terrify me. I love relationships. I heal in relationships, but they also break my heart. But I hadn't, until internal family systems, been given the framework, the lens. It's not necessarily a set of rules, but the lens of having a relationship with myself and all my parts. Before that, it was always about overcoming those parts. Before that, it was always about healing those parts. There was an end goal. Um, before that, it was about ascending above those parts, Banishing those parts. Fuck fear forever. Kick fear. I remember like, kick fear. Oh my gosh. And then when I really go into the relationship of that, the fear in me is just a little part of me trying to build connection and get comfort. And so, <clears throat> after all these years of coaching and training and certifications and a lot of skills, <clears throat> There were many still unresolved, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a traditional word, performance. And whether it was my emotional performance or the capacity for myself to hold really strong triggered emotion, or whether it was the performance of sitting down every day and writing in your book so that you hit a deadline, or the, the performance of running your own business and doing the things, you know, in real estate, they used to teach us, you get into real estate for money, freedom, and time, money, freedom, and time. But you take the time and the freedom before you have the money. And that's kind of true. Don't you love my voices? Um, but internal family systems <clears throat> and the modality of all parts welcome and that there are no bad parts. 
my fear is not bad. My inner critic is not bad. She doesn't need to be beat up or banished. My depression, for years, I struggled so hard with depression. Like, it was chronic. It was there. It was wrestle. And I very rarely wrestle with depression because I no longer depress things down. Because I now have developed not just an intellectual knowing, but embodied practice leading the parts that other parts of me wanted to push down. I don't have to reject any part of me. I just get to learn how to build relationship. And so I had shared, um, I've shared a couple of times, one of the best things that Rebecca ever said to me at the very beginning of our work, knowing that I was a coach and a teacher and a trainer, she said, hey, oh, by the way, don't coach your parts. Don't teach your parts. And I don't remember if she said or not, I think she was putting it to me in my coaching because she knows that I coach myself all the time. Like I'm constantly coaching myself and we're trained to do this as coaches. Self-coaching, think a better thought, ask yourself a better question. I'm For those of you who can't see, I'm making robot hands, right? And God, if only changing my thinking changed everything. If only an NLP timeline theory of P, and I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying there is it at the right time? Is there enough trust in our internal systems to use some of these outer tools? And these outer tools used before our system is on board with consent aren't effective long term. And I've had a couple of experiences both with my family, with some client disruption that in the past... <laughs> Would have taken me out for three to four weeks. And instead of pushing these parts away, internal family systems and internal family systems coaching gives me the opportunity to lead a different kind of team. And if you've ever been in management, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. In junior high and high school, I was a team captain for the basketball team, right? Like, when I was in college, I was the counselor captain for a bunch of counselors. <laughs> um, it was just kind of, then I wrote, you know, I just kind of always ended up leading. And I've always believed in relational leadership, but I never led myself with relational leadership. That's what IFS does. IFS Internal family systems coaching makes that second, third grade girl so happy. She's like, it's almost like she's been whispering in my ear my whole life. And the further I got away from her, the, the more I forgot, and the more I bought into what the world told me about how to fix things and how to be better. And yet she's always been whispering, relationship is available to you. An internal family systems is a framework, a lens. I don't want to call it a model, even though it says model right here on the cover. And my clients yesterday, I'll finish up by saying this. It was cute. I have a, I have a, I have a writing practice. I write. I have journaling practice. I have study practice. Like my desk and my office and my studio is just this sacred place of my favorite books and workbooks and, I don't know, 10 different journals on 10 different topics. And then I have my own write on the computer topics. And 
there are, when I very first started with IFS, I had one specific journal for my internal family, just meeting, like I, I would tell my clients, imagine yourself as a CEO of this organization with hundreds, if not thousands of people. And you're coming in to support this corporate organization as the new CEO. But what you want to do is you actually want to meet and relationally inventory and get to know every single person. It's like an overwhelming job and it's okay. It's like one at a time, I'll meet every person in this organization so that I'll be able to actually lead them through relationship and then assign task on top of that. So we're not abandoning tasks. We're not abandoning productivity. We're not abandoning mindset or NLP or all these other modalities, but it's the way in which we come from or come to the coaching or the inner way of being with myself. And um, my clients were saying, oh, I haven't done my practice. I haven't done my practice. And they're like, but I'll be in the shower and I'll be thinking about my parts and listening to my parts and saying, oh, they're there, fear, I see you. And, and then, I, then I said, but you're actually doing the practice. The practice isn't the task of doing an internal parts check-in with your hands in your journal. That's just the beginning start. The whole idea is that you change the way you see your inner world. And it sounds like if you're driving your kids to carpool and your thoughts are now in a relationship with each other versus screaming and yelling and beating each other up, and you're finding that when you are with your parts in presence and compassion and curiosity instead of coaching or teaching them, that your parts actually begin to relax and you find more clarity and creativity and courage. And so, therefore, you do get results, not only faster, but you get sustainable results. Hello? So, that's why, in short, because IFS to me is a relational paradigm, a self-relational paradigm, and using it with my clients over the last year and a half has been glorious. I'm proud to announce that after almost two years on a waiting list, I've finally um, been accepted in, there's like I don't know, 20,000 people on a waiting list and only 30 in at a time by lottery. I finally um, today got my notice of um, being able to do the internal family systems level one training. Um, In the meantime, I've been doing all sorts of training with the IFS Institute. Yesterday, I was working on um, how to facilitate groups with IFS, which is primarily what I do. I primarily do group coaching these days because groups are such a model for real life. So... Um, if you haven't heard about it, hang out with me. I'll share more. Um, look into internal family systems. Um, internal family systems model self-therapy by Jay Early is one of my favorites. Richard Swartz has a new book for the, the layperson um, called No Bad Parts. It just came out this year, Healing Trauma and Restoring Wholeness with Internal Family Systems. Um, there are people that have been doing this work for 30, 40 years. And there are people who are doing this work in schools, in medicine, in business. It's not just a therapy modality because it originated from the therapy world. Um, Those of us who are not in the therapy world have a little bit of um, paradigm shifting to put in, um, to to lay it on top of the coaching world. Um, If you have any questions about IFS, I'm happy to share with you. This is... This is something that I 
when I think about the social justice and I want in the world or the economic justice in the world, I, I'm not a, I'm not a frontline yell on social media warrior. I have a lot of strong beliefs and a lot of strong opinions. And I have people in my family and my friend sphere that are frontline people. And I realize that my way is my way of making this difference in the world is helping people make a difference inside themselves. And my silly little tagline that is so true is, the more I meet myself, the less I want to punch other people in the face. IFS has helped me do that. Thanks for spending time with me. Better Life, Better Work Show, episode number 173. I ain't got nothing for sale, y'all. Nothing for sale. I... um. <laughs> Love you and appreciate you listening to this podcast. If you want a free values clarification, you can find that at alisoncrow.com forward slash values. Come find me on social media, especially Instagram, maybe TikTok. Send me a message. Let me know what's up in your world. And um, relationship. You don't have to throw the task out, but put the relationship first and see what happens in your life. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, Come check out the Solely Self-Leadership Society. It's my online coaching membership community, a networking community, a place to belong, and a place where you can be coached by me in life and business. We dive deep into the practices of both being and doing that help us create our unique version of soulful success. It's a special community of small business owners just like you, and it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.coachwithallison.com. As always, thanks for listening, and I want to give a special shout out to Elise Rich from Wide Awake Recordings for her sound production each week on my episodes, especially the car episodes, and for her music composition for my intro and outro. This show is sponsored by my three dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adopting when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.